Welcome to the 20th episode of the Optimalist Podcast. On this show, we have set out to examine the higher order capabilities we need to build an optimal future with AI. And I'm doing that alongside the community we've fostered for the last year and a half, as well as the product team working to build Engageable. If you're new to Engageable, you can check out getengageable.com or stay tuned to the end of this episode for more information. And I'm in collaboration with the wonderful people who agree to talk with me as guests. Without their experiences, knowledge, ideas, and energy, I would be unable to guide this exploration. So today, we celebrate their voices and our vision for the future by answering the question, how can we help young people reach the even higher order capabilities that are now needed to thrive in the world they will be entering? Or rather, now that we are permanently living and working alongside AI, how are we going to do better? I'm Sarah, your host through this exploration of attention, creativity, motivation, mindfulness, curiosity, and more. All elements of human flourishing. So how on earth do we cultivate them? All this and more in today's special back to school episode which I'm calling doing better for the new year and for every year after that. I love this question. How do we be better? A lot of times we say a practice makes perfect. However, in this instance, I like to think that practice makes better because we're always striving to improve. And the way that we can improve and do better is by leaning on our practice. And the practice I lean on is the practice of living in alignment with my core values. So when I find out what my core values are, it's almost like I, I predetermine what my decisions are going to be. For instance, if my core value is being healthy and living in a healthy lifestyle, I've already predetermined that if I go out to a restaurant, I'm going to choose the healthiest thing on the menu that I like. And that allows me to be better in life. And in my practice, both personal practice and professional one. And so I urge everyone to find out what their core values are. Make an agreement with yourself to live by those. Define what that means. And keep making your decisions according to those core values. And I think that's going to be the practice that makes us all do and be just a little bit better for each other. Thanks for putting this together. I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody says. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. So as I think about um, young people and what they need to thrive in that world they're going to be entering. And I think I would argue it's not just young people that need this, but I think we really need to work on the idea of self-reflection and with self-reflection, I believe comes an easier ability to be intentional about things. And that's really been something that I've been interested in and in my role helping teachers specifically, like in professional development opportunities, really get 
them to think about themselves. How does whatever it is you're doing make you feel? I think sometimes we let life happen to us. And I think that's where the intentionality comes in. And so like I host um, with a, a colleague, a podcast for caregivers, and we talk a lot about that, that when you self-reflect on what you're doing and how that whatever it is you're doing makes you feel and you really start to dig into those feelings, then it allows you to say, OK, I am going to be more intentional based on that feeling. And so I think that's what we need to do with students. I think we assume that students, adults, everybody know how to self-reflect. And, and I've found that that is not the case. I think it needs to be, to go back to that intentionality, I think we need to be intentional about self-reflecting so that we can be more intentional. This is Jen Shirley. And uh, I think we need to do a better job of meeting people, both adults and kids, where they currently are. I think we expect them to perform or behave in a certain way without giving them a clear picture or a clear enough picture of what that means. So what does that look like, sound like, and feel like? To me, this means more transparent and direct feedback, which are tied to goals or expectations. And as well, the feedback has to be delivered without emotion or judgment because people don't progress because of how or where this feedback is delivered. You need to be empathetic and direct without being judgy or sounding like a total jerk. The how and when here is super important. So is the where. If this is delivered in a non-private way, the person is never going to trust you. It's too risky. So I don't think we do a good enough job of meeting people where they currently are. And I think that's vitally important to future growth and elevating people's capabilities to take that to the next level. Thanks for asking. Hey there. This is Tim Belmont, and the way that we can do better now that we are permanently living and working alongside AI is by embracing the things that make us unique, make us human, make us creative, and to enjoy and embrace the process of doing things. With AI, we can get caught up a lot in the products that maybe are a little bit easier to come by nowadays, but savoring and enjoying the process of creating of problem solving is what makes us human and what brings enjoyment and satisfaction to life in an educational landscape shaped by the constant ebb and flow of change and technological advancements it's really becoming increasingly clear that it is essential for educators to embrace technology that's not just making a guest appearance, but it's a permanent and ever-evolving fixture that demands our ongoing attention and adaptation as it continues to advance. As educators, we bear the weight of constant change, which can at times feel overwhelmingly daunting to keep pace with. We comprehend that it's a professional obligation to consistently engage in reflection and contemplate how we can involve our teaching and learning approaches to nurture students' development and equip them for future careers that are really still unknown. 
We also recognize that for students to truly embrace innovative learning methods, it's essential to harness artificial intelligence like ChatGPT, for one example. By integrating it into our instructional moves, we become the model guiding students how to explore and harness its potential in ways that are both productive and meaningful. I'm currently reading the book, The AI-Infused Classroom by Holly Clark, and she says in the book that if you are teaching our youngest students, you're educating children who will graduate from high school and go to college in the mid-2030s and beyond. These same students as adults will work approximately 50 years as the retirement age shifts and eventually retire around 2085. I had to read that over and over again to really let that sink in, and I can assure you that it took me a few minutes to internalize it. This perspective that Clark shares really reinforces the role of education as a bridge to the future spanning across generations. And as torchbearers of knowledge, educators shoulder the responsibility of equipping learners for a world defined by perpetual change, fostering their adaptability and resilience needed for a lifelong journey of learning. But let's face it, our students can and will be models for this change, too. Have you ever noticed what happens when you put technology into the hands of kids? With just a few taps, they often decipher things quicker than the adults who are guiding them. Therefore, as we navigate all of these shifts in our instructional practices, we need to invite our students and colleagues to explore the technology with us. I really believe that this collaborative spirit fueled by innovation can be the spark that ignites fresh ideas and discoveries. This is Sean Gaylord, and I think one way that we can help our young people, our future world changers reach even higher order capabilities is for all educators and school leaders to step back and to step out of the schoolhouse and connect with the communities that we serve and to develop partnerships with industry and business and, and other organizations and to enter into a dialogue to see how what we're doing in the schoolhouse reflects and connects to what is happening in the world in order to prepare our students for that ever-changing world that they are going to have such a positive impact on. How are we going to do better? Well, I think we have to get curious. Curiosity leads to creativity and to novelty. Rather than just resting back and letting the world pass us by, letting technology take over, we get curious about how we might learn and grow alongside it. We must be curious about ourselves. What's happening inside my brain and my heart? What are these feelings trying to tell me? Who am I? Who do I want to be? Again, we must be curious about our relationships. Who is this other human in front of me? What is it that they are communicating? What are their wants and their needs? And of course, we must be curious about our world. How are we connected to this place we call home? What gifts are offered to us? And how can we take care? If we are curious, then possibilities are abounding and our awareness continues to deepen. Curiosity opens the door to wonder and learning. How can we help young people thrive? Well, I think one of the best ways we can do that is to teach our children to become 
true intellects. And what do I mean by that? To me, the definition of an intellect is somebody who is fascinated by the unknown. So if we can start role modeling this for them by asking big questions and not being afraid to ask questions of why this is done this way, or why do people believe this or don't believe this? Because that is really, truly the scientific process is asking questions. And so I think if we teach them how to ask questions, they will best be able to navigate the world ahead, which is unknown always for us and for them. So that would be my tip to role model it for them. So then they begin to become critical thinkers and intellectual thinkers. I think that'll go a long, long way for them and for us too. Aloha, this is Jonathan Medeiros. I learn and teach about language arts here on Kauai. And uh, how can we help students reach those higher order thinking? Um, shocker, I don't actually know a magic uh, magic spell for that, except to help teach them reflective writing. To take a moment, one minute, five minutes, take a breath, and reflect. And in that way, they can process, they can figure out what's going on in their minds, sift through all that white noise, and maybe unload some frustrations or other things that might be getting in the way. So that's what that's what I'm going with. I'm sticking with that. Love y'all. This is Tara Miller, and I think that the biggest risk to our youth is having their worlds and experiences become so narrow and so small where everything comes through a device and nothing is experienced in the fullness of curiosity, expansion, exploration. I think the best things that young people can be encouraged to do is to keep trying new things until they find something that makes them feel alive and makes them want more, more than what they currently have, more than what's currently in their family or their friends or their city and to really ignite that curiosity and expansion, that ability to go beyond this moment into the next, because the current devices and their current frame of reference is keeping them stuck in the past or stuck in this moment. And when they're lacking hope, what they really need is the idea that there is something more to this life than what their current experience is and that they will find it when they are doing something that they really love and are engaged in and decide that they want more of it beyond the current confines of their life. I hope you enjoyed revisiting the voices of some of our favorite guests over the first 20 episodes of the podcast. One of the most rewarding parts of this for me is continually looping back to reconnect with people weeks and months after their conversation first went live, and then bringing them together with each other in a new way. Thanks to everyone who took part in this first collaborative experiment. Now, it's your turn. We would love you, audience member, to answer the same questions we had our guests answer today. How can we help young people reach the even higher order capabilities that are now needed to thrive in the world they will be entering? Or rather, now that we are permanently living and working alongside AI, how are we going to do better? You can let us know your answer 
by leaving a comment on Substack if you are a subscriber. You can leave a review in Apple Podcasts, and you can also reach me on Twitter at scandela9. You can use the hashtag optimalist whenever you're posting answers to questions or you're asking a question yourself, and I'll be sure to always see it that way. You can also tag me on Twitter and I will see it that way as well. I can also be reached at Sarah at getengageable.com. You can listen and subscribe to all the episodes of the Optimalist podcast, wherever you love listening to great podcasts. New episodes are released every Wednesday and links to all of the resources that we talk about are available in the show notes. The Optimalist podcast is brought to you by Engageable, the only app that gives you the mindful pulse that you need for doing better. And it's free. Create an account today at getengageable.com or by downloading Engageable on any iOS or Android device. You can also follow us at Get Engageable on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to The Optimalist, and I will be back next week with a new conversation. Until then, and every day, stay engaged.